the Power Pack Morning Zoo. Are you kidding me? Fire! It's the greatest radio show ever. Good morning and welcome. Dan Mickley. He's a very successful writer. Venice Murata. Let's cut the crap, Mr. Murata. Sarah Cazell. She's got a job working with a bunch of wackos. And Jerry Carlin. you funny Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Yes, we have made it once again. It is a Friday together. We have made it to the end of a long, historic, entertaining week at Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. We call it newsmakers. We do. That's kind of what's happening. Uh, before we get started today, I would like to uh, I'd like to point out that uh, Dan Bickley and Charlie Woods each posted the same score on a golf course yesterday. We each shot an 86. Now, uh, Charlie Woods was much, much, much more unhappy with his. Have you read about Charlie Woods' uh, debut in this qualifier for the I PGA heard, Tour? I just uh, heard that it didn't go very well. Okay, so um, so he's playing he, he's playing in an event that's trying to get him into a PGA Tour event. He's 15 years old, right? And Slacker. Well, uh, look, and, and the, the amount of bad fan behavior that happened around him yesterday is uh, a little bit frightening. Kind of makes you wonder that if we as a country have kind of lost the thread a little bit. In terms of things about, you know, humanity, civility, a little bit, dignity. It's a little bit. WM Phoenix Mm -hmm. Open's fault. It's all, oh, yeah, yeah. That wasn't so, going on at TPC Scottsdale, was it? No, it was not. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. This was uh, this was in Palm Beach, Florida, at the Lost Lake Golf Club. So Charlie Woods is playing this qualifier, and a gallery starts to grow around him. And pretty soon he's got 50, 60, 75 people following him, except there were no ropes on the course. So there was no way to keep people from getting absurdly close to him. And one person rolled up in his face and said, hey, can you sign a copy of your dad's book? I bought this 10 years ago. There's a story of a grandmother Jeez. who pulled her kid out of school to try and meet Charlie. With kid is 15. Yeah, I think the question you asked about uh, losing losing our way is very valid. It becomes more We've valid kind of lost and weighty every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we have all kind of lost the thread, <laughs> haven't we? Isn't that pretty evident to everybody? Well, and Kevin Durant experienced that he last did. night, too. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And we're going to get into that. Yes. Uh, today, by the way, is also, I think, the three-year anniversary of, of that morning when we were broadcasting and all of a sudden, television screens, Tiger Woods nearly dies in a car accident. Oh, wow. Is that three a years three ago today? Year anniversary? Three year anniversary of his single car accident on his way to or his way from or to the Genesis Invitational. He has played in six events since. Oof. And we still don't know all the details of that accident. Yes, we do, Jared. He was gooped up on the moon juice. Really? Or, well, mooned up on the goon juice. One well, of the two, I, wasn't I, he? Well, I mean. I don't want to unofficial. I, don't, I think they. If, and if, he was asleep. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, that too. If you, if you, if you moon yourself up too much on the yeah, moon yeah, juice, right. you start to get a little sleepy. Right, right, yeah. right. No, I'm just, of course, I'm speculating. I wasn't there. What do you think I was doing? I thought, we'll find out about it in about 15 I years. I thought you were hiding out in the bushes like a yeah. paparazzo. Right, exactly. And then somebody can run up to Charlie Woods when he's 35 years old and say, can you sign this copy of your dad's book? <laughs> the one Brutal. where he talks about being gooned up on the moon uh-huh. juice. Oh. All right, so, uh, so Charlie Woods also had a 12. I don't know how he carded a 12 on, a, on an individual hole. That's yeah. pretty hard to do. 
You take an, a gentleman's eight, and then you uh, pick the ball up. How was the fan right. behavior during your round of '86? Uh, there was no fan behavior. Yeah, there was no fan behavior. The the group ahead of us actually bought us beers at the end because they were acknowledging that they were slow players, and I appreciated that. That's always good. All right? So there you go. All right, it is the last... Close to 80. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It is the last day of Newsmakers Start the Show, Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Suns got back out of post-All-Star break in Dallas. Lost to the Mavericks 123-113 at American Airlines Center. The Suns led by three at the half, but... The Mavericks used a barrage of three-pointers, five of them, in fact, in the first two minutes and 42 seconds of the third quarter during a 17-0 run that gave them a 12-point lead. The Suns would fight back, cut the lead to one later in the third, but the Mavs responded again. The Suns got no closer than five the rest of the game. Mavs have won seven straight. More importantly, they win the season series against Phoenix, which looms large, potentially, in a crowded Western Conference playoff picture. Luka Doncic, 41 points, 10 assists for the Mavs. Kyrie Irving had 29, Devin Booker 35 in the loss. Suns back at it tonight in Houston against the Rockets, who got blown out by 22 at New Orleans last night. Tonight's game gets rolling at 6. Pre-game coverage starting at 5 on Arizona Sports on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Pretty ominous uh, beginning to the stretch run of the NBA season, if yes. you ask me. Uh, I totally agree with you. Not right. just from the Suns standpoint, but from what Oklahoma City did. Kind of like, oh, you all think we're too young for this, huh? Oh, yeah. You don't trust us, you huh? Don't, and, Watch this. And, and the Pelicans, who are now suddenly blazing hot. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, Elsewhere in the NBA, last night as the league returned to action, Boston rolled Chicago 129-112. Celtics at 23 three-pointers. Orlando slowed down Cleveland 116-109. Denver crushed Washington 130-110. Nikola Jokic, 21 points on 10 of 10 shooting, 19 rebounds, 15 assists. He is now the fourth NBA player in history to have a triple-double against every other team that he's competed against. <laughs> Lakers what? fell in San Francisco to the Warriors 128-110 in Oklahoma City, as Bix mentioned. Uh, destroyed the Clippers 129-107. Shea Gilgis-Alexander fell out of bed and scored 30 Mercy. Seems like he does that every night. Every night. Uh, by the way, Suns fell to seventh place in the Western Conference after all of Thursday's action. Be one heck of a play-in tournament if it started today. Hey boy. So good. The league also handed down its penalty for the Detroit Pistons big man Isaiah Stewart for punching Sun Center Drew Eubanks hours prior to the game between the teams on Valentine's Day at Footprint Center. Stewart gets a three-game ban without pay. He began serving that last night in Indiana. Stewart was arrested and released after the incident and did have a court date today scheduled in Phoenix Municipal Court related to the misdemeanor charge, but it was dismissed yesterday. Yeah, judges threw out the, all the charges. I thought, it, I mean, the fact that that even went into the legal system still boggles my mind. Yeah. Cactus League play gets underway today for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who kick off their 35-game exhibition schedule against the Rockies at Salt River Fields at Talking Stick. That game gets underway at 110, one of four Cactus League games on the schedule today. The Royals and Rangers in surprise. Dodgers hosting the Padres at Camelback Ranch and the White Sox visiting the Cub. 35 That's games? Does that figure seem high to you? 
that factors in the split squads. Oh yeah, of and course. then the two games right. at Chase Field after Cactus League. Okay, before okay. before it all wraps all up. Right. Uh, the D-backs also announced their finalized 2024, well, seemingly finalized 2024 TV agreement on Thursday. MLB will continue to produce the telecast as they did after taking over midway through last season after the bankruptcy of Bally Sports Arizona. But as of now, the only platform for fans to see the games is dbacks.tv, either a $99 season fee or $19.99 monthly just for D-backs games or $199.99 for the season or $39.99 monthly for the entire league package. The D-backs press release that was uh, put out yesterday said nothing about games being available locally on any linear TV channel, but the team's social media account responded to a question by saying that those channels would be announced at a later date. Yeah, there seemed to be a huge gap in information yesterday when all this came down. Diamondbacks, if they had their druthers, I think they would package this release a little differently. Yeah, and maybe held on to it until 5 o'clock today. (laughs) We'll get get into it today. Yeah, it's it's really not a good look when you, on one hand, kind of make make inferences that, hey, we kind of need some public funding here to keep this thing going, and then B, hey, by the way, we want to charge you to watch our games. You won't have a free uh, TV alternative. Now, the latter, we don't know if that's accurate or not, but still. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, It was not a good night for Arizona teams on the college hardwood. ASU overcame a 25-point deficit to force overtime before ultimately losing to Washington 84-82 and uh, at Desert Financial Arena. Sean Phillips missed a shot underneath off a lob inbound pass that would have sent the game to double overtime. Meanwhile, in Tucson, Washington State's Jalen Wells converted on a four-point play with 24 seconds left, lifting number 21 Washington State to an upset 77-74 win over fourth-ranked Arizona at McHale Center. With that win, the Cougars take over first place in the Pac-12 with two weekends left to play. Well, this weekend and two more weekends uh, in the regular season. Would be fitting if one of the only two remaining Pac-12 teams actually won the Pac-12 in this last year. Yeah, that would be kind of fitting, wouldn't it? (laughs) GCU lost on the road at Tarleton State, letting go of a 15-point lead in the second half in a 77-74 loss. Tarleton hit six free throws in the final 51 seconds of the game to win it. That at-large bid just got a little larger, huh? (laughs) We talked about it. Like, Don't test that theory. Just win it. Uh, Coyotes off until Sunday night. They start a five-game road trip in Winnipeg against the Jets. That trip will also take them to Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Washington. And they are carrying an 11-game losing streak across the border. With the conversion rate, that's like 16 games Canadian. Uh, They haven't won a game since beating Pittsburgh at Mullet Arena 32 days ago. There is your splash for Friday, February 23rd. Final day of Newsmakers Week, but we got to dive into the Suns' latest offering. Not good in Dallas. We'll get into it straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Wolf. There's no question that the Phoenix Suns have one of the hardest remaining schedules. So did they pass their first test against the Mavericks? We get going at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. On the dribble right wing. Step back three over Allen is good again. And he's hit two threes right out of the gates to start the third quarter and gives the Mavs their biggest lead of the night, 66-63. 
Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd embrace center court. The former peers on the Lakers coaching staff, now competitors. And it is a final score. Mavericks win it. 123-113 the final here at American Airlines Center. Dallas improves to 33-23. and The Suns fall to 33-23 and and lose the season series 2-1. John Bloom with uh, one of the big shots early in the third quarter by Luka Doncic and the final call last night. Ten-point win for the Mavericks in what overall was a fill-in-the-blank performance by the Phoenix Suns. What is that blank Yeah, fill-in-the-blank, Vinny. Uh, lackluster, first word that comes to mind. Troubling. Un- um, uninspired. Oh, those are all fair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so. I, I thought for the first half, um, I was, I saw a lot of stuff that I was really, really optimistic Me about. I, uh, the fact that they kind of were able to kind of maintain a five to six point lead for the majority of the half kind of shows that they were in control of the game for a large portion of it. There were some offensive possessions when, when I looked and thought, wow, this could really be a dangerous team. When you saw some of the ball movement, and then the ball ends up in the hands of the right shooter who makes a shot. And you're like, ooh, it's good. This could be this could be something. But by the end of the night, I thought as dangerous as the Suns might have looked in moments, I walked away thinking the Mavericks look even more dangerous going forward. They uh, they look like a different team. They're big. They've got some live bodies now. And um, for a team that was behind the Suns when the night began, that was what kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, I, I same a lot of the same takeaways that I had. The way the game started offensively. You're like, wow, okay. Suns look focused. The ball was popping around. Shooters were shooting, hitting their open shots. Uh, loved what I was seeing on offense. The first half overall, I mean, you know the Mavericks are going to make a run at home. Mm-hmm. Just makes sense. Uh, but the Suns are up by three. The beginning of that third quarter was brutal. Inexcusable. Yeah, brutal. And um, at, at that point, the ball movement stopped. Yes. There was so much mm-hmm. standing around offensively. As I noticed it, I'd have to go back and watch it again, but just from the the, the cursory viewing of that game first mm-hmm. time around, when Kevin Durant was uh, in charge of initiating the offense, it was Kevin Durant milking the shot clock and taking a shot. Yeah, he had one assist and what five turnovers in the yes. game. I think. It was. Yeah, that it kind of it kind of destroyed the flow of that offense, and it was not a good night for KD. Now you no. can make an argument as a Suns fan that if had KD and somebody even put it this way, had KD made half of the shots that he missed, the outcome might have been different. I, I'm not sure about that. I did see exactly what you saw, and, and then then we got into the situation again. This is what worries me about this basketball team. When you get into these real high stakes moments, there were some of them last night. You've got to be real buttoned up. You've got to really know what you're doing, and you can't be turning the ball over. You cannot be squandering position, possessions. Yusuf Nurkic did that a couple of different times. You've got to be really buttoned up as to who's making and taking the shots for you. And, and that's one of the things I walked away from as well. It's just, it, it's, you know, they still got some stuff to figure out. Yes. We, we've talked about this before. Most of the time, because they're so talented, the Suns don't need a true point guard. But there are certain times in certain games mm-hmm. where it's glaring I that they miss that. 
a, a true point guard. I completely agree with that. So when you get a night like that last night, when you're turning the ball over as often as the Suns do, and this this really is one of their foundational issues. This is something that's been from day one. It's it's flared up. It's been you know it just it's been too much. And and last night a lot of those turnovers came from Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Yes, absolutely. They had 16 turnovers as a team. Too many. Nine of the 16 were from Durant and Booker. That's a lot. And Dallas, to their credit, made those turnovers hurt in a big way. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost two points per turnover is what it shook out to, 29 points. That is cashing in. And there was one uh, in particular. uh, It wasn't turnovers, but another thing that's plagued the Suns is offensive rebounds. It was after the the Mavericks made their push in the third quarter at the beginning. They hit five threes in like two minutes and 40 seconds to start the third. Mm-hmm. So a three-point lead goes to a 13-point, a three-point deficit for the Mavericks goes to a 13-point lead. The Suns started to hit some shots, but... You know, there was a possession where Washington missed a three for Dallas, offensive rebound. Washington missed another three for Dallas, offensive rebound, and then a third crack, Irving hit a three. Mm. That is just devastating stuff. Um, Frank Vogel talked about what happened at the beginning of the third quarter and how it affected the game. Well, we didn't start the third quarter uh, with enough attentiveness. And um, obviously, we gave up that 15-0 or 16-0 run. You know, so uh, we had some lost possessions offensively, and then you know Luca got going. Luca against the five man is a is a difficult coverage, you know, and he, he burned us three straight times on it. And we had a transition three and a offensive rebound three, you know, that uh, you know led to that run. Um, so we got to be better there. And you know, obviously, uh, we did get a little too stagnant uh, offensively with with ISO ball, but we just we didn't execute what we were looking to do well enough. Um, we had some breakdowns of what we were supposed to do, so. Um, you know, got congested. You know, when we were trying to attack, uh, we didn't space appropriately. So, uh, led to some tough possessions. But, you know, I'm happy with how uh, how our guys battled, but wasn't good enough tonight. Yeah, on your point too about you know who's getting the shots. There was that stretch from Nurkic, and I thought Nurkic made one unbelievable play. He oh, he did. The ball away oh, from Doncic. Yeah, that was his highlight. I thought it was a really bad game for Nurkic. So do I. I think it was a really bad game for Kevin Durant mm-hmm. in terms of shots again. Devin Booker had it going early and then plays six-plus minutes in the second quarter and doesn't shoot. And this is happening on a regular basis now Mm -hmm. for the Suns. When you look at the differential for the game, Durant took 22 shots. Booker took 21. I love the fact that Royce O'Neal is not shy and he will fire it up there. But I don't think there's ever a game where Royce O'Neal, even with Bradley Beal out, should be taking the third most shots in the game. And, uh, no. and Grayson Allen had three for the whole game. I know. I know. And again, I had moments last night when I watched the Suns in the first half on the possessions where the ball was moving and ending up in the right place and the Suns were making shots. I, I again had that feeling that, man, I wish this team had time to try a seven seconds or less dynamic and just jack threes and get the ball and move and go. And it's it's a little late in the game for that kind of uh, of doing anything like that. But I agree with you. There's just there's big gaps in this in this offense where you're wondering what are you doing. That, I'm not sure it was a good game for Frank Vogel either. I I I looked at that lineup to start the fourth quarter, and again I get it. Devin Booker's got to sit at some point in time. But I'm looking at this crew he puts on to start the fourth quarter, and I'm like, what do you hope to accomplish with this? And, and then you look at the fact that Grayson Allen is guarding Luca. 
It's, he can't guard Luca. The Suns. What are have, you doing? The Suns don't have anybody on the roster that can come close. Well, to don't they you have let I mean, Royce O'Neal guard Luca? They have a bigger Luca problem than most teams. Okay. That is true. But don't you give Royce O'Neal a, a say, shot at give that? Give a shot. Yeah, and he did. They did late. Late. Yeah. The bottom line is, and we've seen this all year, the Suns can be good, but they can't be great when they don't have the full big three and their full team. The way this roster is constructed. If they play another team that's yeah very good, they they need to have the big. Three. And I don't know if they I, needed to be great last night to win that game. Yeah, I, they needed to be way better than they were. Yeah. They, didn't, I, they did not play well. Right. I I I'm not sure what you're saying is totally accurate, Jared. And and I think the Bradley Beal story is something that it's got me worried again. I thought if he was going to miss last night's game, it was just going to be we're going to let this nose kind of settle down. I had no idea his hamstring was still barking, and he's not playing tonight. Unlikely wow. is the is the word. Wow. Uh, NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 9th through 11th for the Shriners Children's 500. Get ready for a thrilling experience. NASCAR heads west. You can see drivers like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. For your chance to win tickets, head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, it all begins today for the Arizona Diamondbacks. No, it's not opening day, but it's Cactus League opening day. What could this season look like for the defending National League champions? We'll explore straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. tell there's there's a little bit different of an energy um and i think that's cool i think um you know you hear a lot about the same teams over and over again and and it's it's cool when when a team like us you know or a team like the rangers comes on the scene and and it seems like they're going to be able to have some sustained 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 success and um yeah it's exciting man It, it, it makes you buy into how good we actually are Christian Walker, first baseman of the Arizona Diamondbacks, on earlier this week with uh, Wolf and Luke here on Arizona Sports, talking about the different energy. And, of course, you would expect a different energy. Um, There's always renewed energy. It's a clean slate feeling for every baseball Mm. team when when spring training starts and the Diamondbacks have their first Cactus League game today. But uh, he talked about it. You know, a team bursting onto the scene. And and the World Series was a matchup of two of those teams. The Rangers got the best of the D-backs, but... Now there's expectations on the Diamondbacks, and they followed up that run to the World Series with what most people believe is a very productive and shrewd offseason in Mm -hmm. terms of acquisitions. Uh, I can't wait to see what this looks like. Yeah, no. Listen, this is going to be uh, this is going to be interesting because now the Diamondbacks are they're debuting today, and they're debuting a day after the Dodgers debuted by spending 26 minutes at bat in the first inning. Yeah, eight. I think they scored eight runs. Um, before there was two outs in the first. Talk about making a quick impact stay, and that's without Shohei. Yeah, and that's how, just <laughs> hey world. Just so you know, it's, we're going to be an issue. It's only spring, but how? I mean, ESPN put that on national television, right. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, wow, baseball's back, and it was over before it started. Uh, I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. Now, again, I mean, I, the state of baseball right now, it's strange because there's still a lot of big name star players who do not have teams yet. I think they're all Scott Boris clients. And they're all Scott. Imagine that. Mm. We've never seen this before. <laughs> yeah, listen, if you're a Scott Boris client, uh, you, number one, you are signed up 
four, trying to pursue the every last penny you can get. And number two, you are going to have to be content sitting on the couch for the first couple of weeks of spring wondering, what am I doing with my life? That's kind of really part of the deal. Yeah, I don't think you're off on that. No, it's part of the deal. Yeah. And 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 again, it, it's, you can think what you want about it, but I do agree with you. This is going to be tremendously exciting because if there's one thing that I'm digging about this Diamondbacks team, it is the fact that if this rotation pops the way it might, it might not matter how many billions the Dodgers throw at their starting lineup because you know in baseball, great pitching is going to win in the end. It just is. Mm-hmm. And and if you get Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly uh, doing a Kurt Schilding, Randy Johnson thing. Now, there are times when I have made that analogy. And I've I've haven't done it half heartedly, but I've never once believed for a minute that Zach Gallen plus Merrill Kelly equals the talent that Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling had no one in 02. Mm-hmm. Now I do. And it's mostly because of Merrill Kelly and the way he looked in the postseason. I, I, there, I've got a different – that cat is a killer. And I think he's got his – he's got his mojo now. He knows his place in the game now. This We could have a couple of 20-game winners if things break right. And I know you don't get them a lot in Major League Baseball no. because of innings pitched. But I'm telling you, if things go right, the top of this rotation might be the very best in baseball. And that sounds absurd, but I believe it. It's yeah. so oh, – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. I was going to say it's so crazy on Merrill Kelly because in the post-steroid era, to see someone come into their prime mm-hmm. at his age mm-hmm. is so rare. Well, and again, you, we, we all followed this team during the postseason, and one of the best things about the postseason wasn't just watching Merrill Kelly pitch, but listening to him talk about how when he was in Korea, he imagined this, he mm-hmm. expected this, he waited for this, and now the moment came and he was way bigger than the moment. That means everything to me. Yeah. And then you get Eduardo Rodriguez, who, who looks like he is going to be a fantastic Edition. Did you read the story in The Athletic about Eduardo Rodriguez? I've skimmed it. I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing. Well, he sounds like he's a great teammate, and he was mm-hmm. holding court in the clubhouse, and he was telling some of uh, some of his teammates about Usain Bolt and how Usain Bolt, um, basically, his career is 10 seconds every four years. Now, that's obviously an oversimplification, mm-hmm. but he's, he's pointing out that everything that gets to those 10 seconds is a lot of work and a lot of this, and I'm like, that guy is a number three starter. That's about as good as you can get. And then Brandon fought. Fault? If he, if he, now that's the question mark for me. Can he really be the guy that we saw in the tail end of the postseason? Okay, we're gonna find out. Yeah, um, we are gonna find out. Uh, your point on on the top of the rotation, Gallon and Kelly, they might be. When this is all said and done, they might be the best one-two punch in baseball mm-hmm. this year. That's what I think. But. I'm not willing to put them up to Johnson and, and Schilling's status yet. Those guys shared a well, World Series MVP trophy, um, and we saw we saw Zach Gallen struggle for a good portion of of the postseason. I, and his listen. last offering, Game Five against Texas, was some of the best pitching we've seen in a really long time for the Diamondbacks, and it didn't work out unfortunately. And I think that's and we and we talked to Zach about then, that. Then let me that clarify. Then let me clarify because I did not mean to infer that Zach Allen is as good as Randy Johnson because I would never say something like that. What I'm saying is the cumulative effect that Zach Allen plus Merrill Kelly can have on this team can equal the effect that Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling had on those teams. Okay. That's what I mean to okay. say. Um, in terms of acquisitions offseason, and it's just one publication, but USA Today, Bob Nightingale and Gay Black put out their offseason grades for all 30 Major League Baseball teams. They handed out four A grades. Three of them were A-minuses. Baltimore got an A-minus. 
Seattle got an A minus. The Diamondbacks got an A minus. That's the good news. Wow. The bad news is the one team that got an A plus <laughs> is the team that you're chasing again in the National League West, and that's the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was also a storyline yesterday. I believe what it, it was was it Otani and Yamamoto faced each other, and it was like baseball's first one billion dollar confrontation. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It really is, and it's the the spending is to the point of absurd and grotesque, if you ask me. And a lot of people view it the same way. I think perceptually it's something the Diamondbacks can rally around. I think so, too. And that experience of, of, of just mopping the floor with the Dodgers in the postseason has got, uh, got to go a long way in terms of fueling the confidence of this well, team. I hope, because I, I guarantee you the Dodgers are coming for us this oh, year. I'll guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they might have a little revenge on their minds. Mm-hmm. Tori Lovello um, was asked, we had him on with uh, for Newsmakers Week earlier this week, uh, and he commented on the depth of the roster and whether or not they have enough after all these acquisitions. Well, yeah, I feel like we're in a, we're in a really good spot. And and when I sat down the other day, and once he was added, I wrote down a couple of lineups, and and then maybe maybe what happens on top of a couple pitching moves. We have a lot of depth, and it's not just guys you can that can fill in the gaps and 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 um, you know, say that you got the right matchup just because it's a left right matchup. But we got guys that are waiting and and can impact the game with one swing of the bat and are very good accomplished hitters. So uh, I like that. I love the versatility. Uh, we don't have one lineup that we're going to stick with that's going to go out there and and one through nine. Everybody's going to get the, the same at bats. The same amount of time uh we've got to be creative and that's up to me to find those guys and at the beginning of that soundbite uh the acquisition the addition he was talking about was randall gritchick it was the latest to to join the fold as mm-hmm. part of that outfield dh mix which could be very interesting mm-hmm. this year and isn't it funny too like to hear Tori say it, and we know this now, it's 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 baseball. Mm-hmm. During the course of the regular season, you're very rarely going to see the same lineup two days in a row. Postseason rolls around, those managers don't want to tinker with anything unless they have to. Well, yeah, you will, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it, because, again, it's like playoff rotations in basketball. Yeah. You want to keep things as consistent as possible in those high-leverage situations. Yep. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata Show podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. Coming up next, pretty big day yesterday for Kevin Durant. He went one-on-one with Malika Andrews. He went one-on-two against some Dallas Mavericks fans. And oftentimes last night, one-on-five against the Mavs themselves. We'll get into all of it next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The All-Star break came to an end last night for the Phoenix Suns. So how did they fare against Luka and the Mavs heading into their matchup tonight against the Rockets? We'll talk about it on the Burns and Gambo Show starting at 2 on Arizona Sports. You seem more settled since the last time we talked. You just you seem a little bit more like it's not that you don't want to win, it, but it's, I don't know, there's something, there's something different. Obviously, winning, I don't even have to think about that no more because when I step on the floor, that's just in me already. I tend to think about the other detailed parts of the game that's going to help me get to the win, how to be a great teammate, how to inject myself into the game at different moments. I started to think about the small parts of the game, and that's just made it more fun for me instead of thinking about the outcome all the time. That's Kevin Durant of the Suns sitting down on a one-on-one with uh, Malika Andrews of ESPN, as I said earlier. He went one-on-one with Malika Andrews, one-on-two against uh, Mavericks fans last night, and one-on-five against the Mavericks a lot of times in a bogged-down ah, offense. Good. Well put. In a 10-point loss. Um, I want to play one more soundbite from the one-on-one 
with with Malika Andrews, where she asked about the subject of finishing his career in Phoenix. This was very interesting to me. Do you want to finish your career in Phoenix? I mean, I've been on so many teams, and I've said this before. Right now, in this moment today, without thinking about the next minute, yeah. But that's just saying right now, and I can't really predict what may happen, but I love playing in Phoenix. I love the fan base, the city. I've grown to understand what our mission is, being in the Valley, and how deep these people care about their team. So I started understanding history of the Suns, and I'm glad to be a part of it. I want to go up in that ring of honor one day, so I'm having long that takes. What's your reaction to that? I don't know. It, it, it struck me a little bit odd. It, yeah, me it, too. Yeah, I, I thought, okay, I, and again, I know KD is is nothing if not very honest and brutally yes. so. Um, I, I think that the way he ended that about being up in the ring of honor, well, you're going to have to be here a minute for that, right? Yeah. yeah. But, so, I, I don't know. But also, the, the, the pause... The mm-hmm. the acknowledgement I played on so many teams, and then immediately going into right now. That's how I think. I know. <laughs> I, I yes. I mean, if you had to ask me, um, if Kevin Durant is going to finish his career, end his career as a member of the Suns or elsewhere, I, I've thought this for some time. I think he's going to be on one team after this, and it's not necessarily going to be an acrimonious thing. It's just going to be a Kevin Durant wants to keep playing, and the Suns have money issues or whatever, and. And they're, I just, I, that's kind of what I see in the future. I see Kevin Durant is wanting to play into his 40s, and, and at some point in time, it's going to be with someone else. His last franchise, I don't believe, will be Phoenix. And it's just an intuition. But I've always it probably had. won't come from a trade demand. It'll probably just come from him moving to a different that's team right. and, yes. and the team that's moving right. in a different direction. That's right. And I, I guarantee you, if there are odds on that right now, the top two landing spots would be Golden State or Oklahoma or City. Or Oklahoma City, yes. And I would say Seattle, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> I don't know if Katie's still going to be playing when the expansion Listen, ro- run, right. round rolls around. But I'm sure he'd love that, and, yes. and, and I'm sure the I, idea— He'll of, own that team. Right, right. <laughs> It'll be part of a consortium, and yeah. I'm sure the idea of kind of completing the circle and going back to Oklahoma City, especially with what they're growing, that seems like something that would be a possibility as well. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so that was the one-on-one. The one-on-two mm-hmm. on part was the video coming out. <laughs> Kevin Durant walking out for pregame warm-ups, and there's two Mavericks fans, and you can hear a female fan mm-hmm. use uh, the B word. Call him a snitch. Wait, yeah. no. A witch. No, wait. A wait. witch with a capital B. A niche. Right. That, uh, right, a niche. Right. Yeah, right. And Kevin then, Durant immediately turned around. And walked back. Walked back calmly. And basically was like, what is the matter with you? <laughs> and then this woman tries to dap him up. Like, hey, 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 great to see you. And he's like, what? Such a horrible look oh, for God. that fan. Oh, my God. And it got worse when the man she was with. <laughs> <laughs> that This is where they went too far. I this thought. is where the whole thing, yeah. Said the words. I, like, reassuring. I have a podcast about sports to which Kevin Durant's body language was basically like GTFOH. Right, he was, yeah, he <laughs> was like, yuck. <laughs> Call me any name you want. Right, right. Not one of them. That's when he dropped Maybe his head and Maybe I can get you around. on my podcast sometime, KD. Yeah. You know that was coming next if he hadn't immediately turned around. Yeah, Kevin right. Durant right. did not have these fans kicked out. The last time these two teams got together... Mm-hmm. We talked about it. We Luca, joked about it. Right? We had Kenneth Rowe on the mm-hmm. show. for He got kicked out of the arena by Luka Doncic, uh-huh. basically, for saying, hey, Luka, you're tired. Get your ass on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. 
and he chronicled the whole thing and how it went from him being asked to leave the seats to being asked to leave the concourse to being asked to leave the arena to being asked to leave the premises and couldn't even be on the property of American Airlines Center. Did Kevin Durant do the right thing by not getting these fans kicked out? Uh, well, listen, I, I think he did. Uh, yes, I do. I think that that is a very um, an, a nice gesture, killing him with kindness kind of deal, especially in light of what Luca did. I think it was a real bad look for Luca w- with what he did. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that. In, but I, he heard about it on social media. I think he's lucky that didn't leave a bigger mark because it wasn't the very next game he went for 73. Right. So so I think that uh, I, I think it was one of the low lights of his professional career, to be honest, to be that but, thin skinned, to get a guy thrown out of of, of a primo seat in a basketball arena just because he's heckling you. The day after or two days after he was on TNT and he actually wore it. And he's like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I, I was wrong. So maybe that was resonating okay. in Kevin Durant's head that the, the blowback on social media, no. whatever, for whatever Listen, it's worth, would be, well, KD I was, is soft. Because right, re- he already I, has yeah. that reputation, yes, too. Yes, I really respect what KD did. I, I respect the fact that he turned around and just went to these people like, do you, what are you, why are you acting the way you're acting? I, I love that. Like, just making people yes. realize the absurdity in their in their vile vulgarity. Yes, people are so used to getting away with that yes. stuff now, whether it's in person or yes. on social media. Yes. We need to get back to being healthy. Held accountable for your stupid plan. Yeah. Right. So then KD, in my mind, had two ways to deal with that. He could have had security usher them out of the arena before it ever started, or mm-hmm. he could have taken it out on those two fans and everybody else in Dallas, and that didn't quite happen. And there was a lot of reaction on social media when that video came out early in the game. So there were some Mavericks fans saying, oh, great job, morons. He's going to score 60 on us, mm-hmm. and we're going to lose. And then KD kind of went out and had a very... <laughs> I'm being kind when I say uneven because he mm-hmm. had it going early. As the game wore on, he looked detached from everything. In in my mind, mm-hmm. that's the way I saw it. Yeah, it was not a it was not a good night no. on the floor for Kevin Durant. No, no. He acknowledged it afterwards too. And there were any number of of three point shots in the in the end game stretches of last night's game where if if one or two of those drop, maybe the game turns back uh, in the Suns' favor a little bit, but I agree with you. That's That, to me, was the the one of the number one downfalls of last night was that was just not a good performance from KD. And I'll tell you what, he, I, I, in ter- there have been times, and I, I've been to Dallas many times. I've, I've watched many iterations of Luka and the Mavs. I've never seen a Luka-Mavs team look as connected as the one that I saw last night, and that's what kind of scared me about this. Kyrie looked sensational for a while. There was a, there was a minute last year where people thought, but Luca hates this guy. There, this is not going to even remotely come close to working. I, Dallas and those bodies that they they added, and uh, I mean they've got a couple of live bigs and yeah. and, and literally and lively and 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 um, who's they the other Daniel guy? Gafford, Gafford, that and guy is PJ massive, and PJ Washington. Yeah. Yeah, it, I was a little freaked out. I'm like that. That's that's a team that's that's a team that that's going to be a handful. I agree with you, and uh, we'll get into another realm of that, and you kind of mentioned it. Everybody in the league has a Luka Doncic problem. The Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. apparently really have a Luka Doncic problem. Luka problem. We'll get into that straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.